This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, man, I got somebody who has even a better background than me. Man, I have Paul Lamar Hunter, and he's going to share with us the library of information. That's his home library, folks. That just shows you that knowledge is key. And he is the 19th child out of like 21 children. He's going to tell us how that's even possible, because I thought my grandmother was doing something with 13, but his, his mother has gone to another level. So, Paul, welcome to the show. How are you doing, brother? Hey, uh, I am I am doing great uh, this morning, just taking it um, one day um, at a time. And I am excited to be on your platform and share a positive story that would give men and women hope all around the world. And we'll start off, you know, tell us where that story began and, and also to let the folks know, you know, there is a book on Amazon and the links will be in the description, people. But how did it begin? Well, it began in 1970. Um, I was born October 16, 1970. Um, my, my mother, um, she birthed 21 natural children by my dad, um, 17 living today, 63 grandchildren and 87 great um, grandchildren. So my story is very compelling. It will invoke you to listen um, also to cry, to laugh, and basically um, have fun. But it is a story of overcoming the odds. When your back is against a wall and you walk into a college institution, there's only one direction for a person like me to go, and that's up. And so, and I am co um, continuing in life to elevate and go to different levels. And I believe that, you? and I believe that uh, people right now might be struggling. They can also go to the next level. All they have to do is basically is change their mindset from a negative to a positive. Now, some folks will say, wait, that's a lot of children, but there's a two parent household. Can you talk about some of those and just give them a taste because they can go through the book and get the whole story. But how that is so challenging is it that you get lost in the mix of all the children? Is there, you know, no more college money? Um, you being the first graduate, um, maybe, you know, you all the college money was saved for you and you were hated by your peer, you know, your siblings. Um, tell us, what is the challenge of having such a big family? Well, the challenge is that my mom and dad had to work um, constantly to provide um, for, for us. So a lot of my older siblings had to forego their education. And today I thank my older siblings. I, I am grateful for my older siblings because some things they had to put on the back burner uh, so that the younger ones to go to school and the older ones had to stay home and clean up the house, made sure that food was on the table for us. They cooked, they did homework with us. They made sure that we were taking a bath every day. And, and there were times when um, they had to um, discipline us because, you know, being a little toddler, running around the house, not listening, 
um, to your older siblings. And um, they had to um, discipline us. But I am grateful for all of my siblings because they took a sacrifice. They really had my mother and father did not have a lot of money. But one thing we did have was uh, a lot of love uh, for each other. And, and also the community um, had a lot of love for the Hunter family because we were one of the biggest family in the city of Racine, um, Wisconsin. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the, the people. But in the Hunter family, there were a lot of debates. There were a lot of arguing. But my mother and father uh, made sure that we were one. We were one unit in the household. That, that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I'd love to see the book. How do you even keep a household together like that? Because I challenge sometimes just with having two uh, and especially during this COVID time. Could you imagine all of you trying to go to school under one roof? <laughs> yes, it, it, it was it was it was difficult because, like I stated, my mom and dad had to work and they had to provide. But the older sibling was 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 there to hold our hands, to put us on the bus. Um, when we got off from um, the school bus, they were right there to take us and, and guide us back home. So <laughs> it was really difficult. I remember a time, uh, my friend, when um, we didn't have any toys in our house for Christmas, but a knock at the door reveal unexpected gifts from unexpected people. You know, there were a time um, when we didn't have any food, but people in the community knocked on the door and, and if we didn't answer, they would leave the food right outside for us. And so, you know, it was, it was some good times and also it was some bad times, but you know what, the bad times, develop character in me, develop faith, develop love, joy, happiness, peace, patience. And I know how it is to be at the bottom. And that's the reason why I'm very fortunate today. And when I see people in need, I'm a giver, you know, I'm a helper. No, that's awesome. And, and so tell the folks, you know, you went to school, you went to college and you graduated. What did your what was your focus, your degree on? And did that after graduation, you know, um, miraculously allow you then to provide for your family and, you know, and your whole family and, and build them up? Well, I, I went to college at Upper Iowa um, University. And before I went to college, I was working at Chrysler engine plant and that, that company had closed. And when that company had closed, um, I got into a program at the company before it closed where they were paid for my tuition, my books, everything. And so I decided to take advantage of that. And I, I attended Upper Iowa University. I started to study business administration and in 2012, I made history in the Hunter family by becoming the first child out of 21 children to graduate from college with a bachelor's of science in business administration. And I give a lot of credit to my, my siblings, my mentors, my mother, my father, uh, people that came um, into my life that was very instrumental um, in helping me to become a college um, graduate. So, you know, this degree had really opened up doors for me because it had allowed me 
to be featured on Face the Truth, which is a syndicated talk show by Vivica A. Fox. And the executive producer of that show is Dr. Phil. Um, also, I was featured in Ebony Magazine twice. Now I'm getting ready to be featured in Essence uh, Magazine in the next six months. So um, having a degree really has opened up uh, doors. And so it, it allowed me to write my book, No Love, No Charity, The Success of the 19th Child. That book has been adapted into a screenplay. So um, the producers out in Hollywood, Las Vegas, California, um, they have it. So I am excited because I know that a movie deal is about to happen and it will happen in 2021. And so it's, it's really gonna open up more doors for me to come out and share my story and, and be on a plat platform just like yours and, and just talk about my story and let people know that your circumstances are not bigger than your purpose. Wow, that's that's awesome. Now, you know, folks will say nowadays, a lot of folks, you know, are regretting their college degree because they have a whole bunch of student loan debt. They might have taken 30000 but now they owe 130000 or they just went to expensive schools. You know, it doesn't even have to be the interest. Your degree has worked out for you. What do you tell, you know, young people coming up who are in high school and they kind of hear, well, you need a degree to get certain jobs, but you also hear people say, I have that degree and I don't have, you know, a good job and I might be working at Starbucks or something that, you know, I didn't have to go to school for. What would you tell them? I would tell them to do some soul searching if they do have a um, degree, um, because, you know, um, a degree is very helpful, but there are some very successful men and women out in society that only has a high school um, diploma and they are multi uh, millionaires. So um, college can work in your favor and sometimes it doesn't work in your favor. And when it doesn't work in your favor, you have to do some soul searching. Maybe you are at the wrong company or maybe you need to start your own business. I was never happy working for someone else. Now I'm happy working for myself because I'm able to do the things that I want to do. And so when people are out there struggling at a job, not making good money, they need to do some soul searching and, and, and find out what do they have to offer to the world, to somebody. So they have to provide a service. And that's what I do. I'm in the um, PR, public relations business. I provide a service for customers, for clients. And I, and I have the connection as well. So I, I advise them is to do some soul searching and start their own business. There's nothing like starting your own business. It might be difficult for the first couple of months or a year, but once you get over it, you find your niche and then you discovered, hey, this is this is where I supposed to be at. So never, never give up on your dreams. College, it's 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 good to have that degree, but that degree does not define who you are as a person. Amen. Amen. Hello. That is so, so true. And you guys know in Diversified Game, I love talking to fellow, you know, public relations professionals. You know, uh, some folks may also hear your story and say, well, that's easy to do if you have two parents or two loving parents who support you. But you have, you know, written about 
how you and your mother always didn't have the best of relationship and that she was kind of popular. Can you talk about, you know, that um, popularity and, and fame that she had that kind of um, put a wedge while you guys were growing up? Yeah, well, see, my my mother came from uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, so she grew up in the South. She never had that opportunity to um, go to middle school or high school or or college. So um, it was very difficult for my mom, especially in the South. She seen um, her cousin get murdered. She seen her other cousin get raped. And so that kind of cultivated her behavior um, toward, you know, society and toward, you know, people. My mother wasn't the best mom, you know, um, she wasn't loving. So I learned in life that you cannot give what you don't have. So my mother, she wasn't perfect, but she was the perfect mom to birth 21 natural children. And she didn't know how to show love, but she made sure that we had a roof over our head, made sure that we had clothes, made sure that we had food. She did what she had to do for, in order for us to survive. So um, the wedge between my mother and I be, it happened because she wasn't a loving person. So when you have children, I believe that you have to be loving um, toward your children. So when I began to have children and my other siblings began to have children, we made sure that generational curse had stopped there. And we are loving toward our children. We give our kids um, hugs. We kiss them on the cheek. We tell them all the time that um, we, uh, we love them. My mother wasn't like that. My mother wasn't um, affectionate, wasn't, didn't have any um, compassion. And, and I have to you know, speak truth, but my mother did not want me to graduate from college. You know, I, I remember a time when um, I had gave her some tickets to come to my graduation and my mom did not uh, show up. But I went after graduation, I drove six hours back home to Wisconsin and I went to my mom's homeless shelter to have a conversation uh, with her and, and wanted to take a picture with my mom uh, with my degree, but my mom refused to take a picture with me. So I ended up taking pictures with, with the men that were at my mama's, my mom's homeless shelter. And I remember my mom telling me, she said, son, a child is not supposed to be successful in life until the parents are deceased. And so that really provoked me to really um, succeed in life. You know, like I, like I stated earlier, you know, my mom was never perfect. You know, she, she, she had some, she, she, she had, she made some mistakes um, in her life. And I think a lot of that has to do with my mom upbringing because her parents wasn't loving toward her. And so, and she didn't want, you know, none of her kids to be su successful. She just wanted her to be successful. She was involved in her homeless shelter that was her, her baby. That was her number one priority is her homeless shelter. But my mom wasn't perfect. She gave, she gave birth to um, 21 children and we are here and we, we, we don't uh, blame our parents. We look at it as that, you know, 
parents are not perfect. You know, there's there's no book out there to say this is how you become a perfect um, parent. You know, I, I'm thankful that she gave life to us. But once she gave life to us and I began to understand that I have to become a better person myself. I cannot use my mom's circumstances and say this is the reason why I behave like this. This is the reason why um, um, I, I'm in trouble because of my mom. I don't use excuses whatsoever. You know, I'm a grown person, just like my siblings are adults now. And we realize that parents are not perfect, but you can make that perfect world for yourself. Definitely, definitely. So was it, it was it the homeless shelter that made her popular um, and known? Yes, it was the homeless shelter. She, she was the first African-American woman in the state of Wisconsin to start the first homeless shelter in the state of Wisconsin. So she received um, so many accolades. She also received the Jefferson um, Award um, from the White House uh, when Ronald Reagan was uh, president. Um, she received countless um, awards. Also, she was featured in Ebony Magazine as, as, as well. And so she was also featured on Tavis Malley, um, radio show, um, Tom Joyner radio show. She'd been in countless newspaper and magazine publications all around the world. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, kudos, kudos to, to her and, and that. And so, you know, when you're talking about entrepreneurship, uh, I, I want to switch the conversation and talk about why did you choose public relations um, and how did you come up? Because a lot of folks ask me that question. And, and I was a journalist, uh, you know, before I've been a journalist since like middle school, getting the story. And so it, I, it just made sense when the magazines tanked back in the day. You're too young to remember when they all tanked and everyone was like, well, what are we going to do? Because no one's paying. Um, and it was like, I always like what the publicist did when we were at Junket. So I picked that. But how did you get into PR? Well, I got into um, public relations, um, right, um, when my mom had published her book, Love and Charity, The Life Story of Louise Hunter in the Homeless Shelter. I began to work on my mom's um, book and also network with news outlet, with um, newspaper publications and um, television um, stations, and I began to write um, press releases and, and disperse it out to different um, organizations and asking them to to cover the story. And that's when I discovered I have a niche in in PR, and people will respond. You know, mother of twenty one children succeeds. You know, people will respond if you have a um, a story that can catch the eye of the people. And so every time I um, sent out a press release, I made sure that the title was very attractive where they can't say, oh, no, I'm going to pass this up. I made sure that the, the title was so attractive that they say, oh, wow, I have to look at this. And that's what happened when it came to Ebony Magazine, when it came to Tavis Malley, Ricky, uh, um, to Tom Joyner show as well. And so those and also the Roland Martin uh, radio show as well. They They really... Um, grab the story and say, I have to interview this woman. And so when I, um, when I started to write my book, I decided to say, you know what, I'm going to do the exact same thing. 
And, and so public relation is fun. It's a, it's, it's a challenge, but you know, it's hard work, you know, <laughs> you know, success doesn't happen overnight, but it's, 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 it's hard work. And I believe that I can accomplish, you know, anything, just imagine, you know, I come from the inner city and I had, I, I had that opportunity to see Dr. Phil. I had the opportunity to see Vivica Fox and I took advantage of it. I was on the Vivica Fox talk show, Face the Truth. You know, we, we talk, we, we had a great conversation. So it's, 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 it's interesting. So now I'm in the process of pitching my story right now to the Nick Cannon talk show as well, because they getting ready to um, start production in, in, in March. And so um, his show kicks off in September of 2021. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited about that. Speaking, speaking with the producer and and having that conversation, and they are excited that that uh, my story is is very cultivating to them, and they want to be a part of it and put the story in the spotlight so the world can see it. Oh, so awesome! I I love that. I love that. And you know what? I really love because PR sometimes people have clients that they treat us like we're disposable and really it's when you can use it for yourself or your friends or, you know, other businesses that you have and you can level up because, you know, you, you go up, you do this. It's all about relationships and how you make people feel. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to eat and retire and be like, you know, okay, I got some coins. And unfortunately I see a lot of people who do this. So I'm like, where's your money going? <laughs> You know, or do you have enough money? Have you been able to charge enough money? Because as you know, clients will always say it costs that much. Yes, it costs that much for PR. So how, how have you tackled pricing throughout the years? Well, throughout the years, I'm always looking at my competitors. And that's the most important thing. You have to look at what your competitors are charging. And if they, for example, if they are charging like $5,500, you might want to charge um, $4,500 because you want his clients to come over to you. So you're not going to outprice yourself. And so you, 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 you learn what are your competitors are doing? How can I um, um, get better in, in, in the pricing? And how can I get them to come to me and the way I find out a lot of my clients come to me is because they saw my story on in, in Ebony Magazine. They saw my story on Face the Truth. They saw my interviews with Tavis Malley, with, uh, you know, with all of these um, celebrities. And so they want to get connected to them as well. They have a story. They have a product. And they want me to pitch their product or their story to 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 these um, syndicated talk shows and also um, national newspaper and magazine publications and they like what I do and I and I let them know that nothing is guaranteed. Only thing that I can do is 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 pitch it to them and they make that decision. I don't make that decision. And when and so when you do that. And you say pricing with your competitors, you know, somebody may say, because I've said it before on, on my show and people know how much I, I cost. I say it's a premium product. You're coming to Saks. Um, you're not going to Walmart. 
but where do they, in what range do they need to be for you to be able to work with you and for how long? Well, I, I like to work with clients for about three to six, six months. That's, 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 that's me. I like to work with them for three to six months. And usually, like I said, I usually charge about $4,500. And I, and I, I sent out I sent out a media blitz to, you know, BET, you know, I, I was sending out to the um, um, black publications all around the world. And I also sent it to the Washington Post, you know, some, some stories get picked up, some stories don't, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's what catch their attention and, and what are they looking for at that moment? Because, you know, in the PR business, you have to understand that news are changing dramatically. You and I are doing this interview right now, but we don't know what's changing right at this moment until we get off and we say, oh man, never knew that was happening. But news are constantly changing, stories are constantly changing, but there are some good journalists out there um, that is um, looking for a good real story. Even though we in a pandemic and this is what people need, people really do need hope. They need to read positive story that we're really uh, lifting them up in a time like this. So uh, like I stated, three to six months, I usually charge uh, $4,500 and, and I'm, I'm just out there pushing that story, pushing that product, um, trying to convince um, journalists, trying to convince um, syndicated um, talk show producers to profile this story. And like I stated, nothing is guaranteed. Only thing they can say is yes or no. And the real thing is they're going to pay somebody yes. and folks might have, you know, lower rates, but you know, some folks get confused with the pitch versus just sending an email because the pitch is a follow-up. It's, you know, sometimes it's having to fly out, you know, uh, prior to COVID um, uh, some might be more bold. I, I can't, I can't, do what we used to do <laughs> all the time, but I can hire somebody to do it. But you know, that's all in in the price, and, and I and I love it. I love it. Now, most publicists um, have some type of software they love or you know swear by. Are you a meltwater, scission, or muckrack kind of guy? I'm a muckrack kind of guy. You know, I like to I like to get out there and just. You know, um, just just do it. You know, that's 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 my, my mentality. You know. Gotcha, gotcha. And and with all the success that you have had in business with your book in PR, what is your community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Well, uh, my community give back is I'm always constantly um, going to the boys and girls club. Um, I like to go there and speak and share a positive story of success because a lot of those kids are from the inner city. So I represent the inner city. I'm a product of the inner city. Inner city. So I like to go there and inspire them. Um, I was over in Hawaii two years ago and I spoke to over 560 kids that showed up. And I talk about the master, mastering of success and what they need is discipline. They need vision. They need commitment. You know, they need a can-do attitude. So they love what I had said. And um, that's what I really like to do in the community. Another thing that I like to do, I, I like to coach um, um, basketball. So uh, my, my children now 
are adults now, but I have one granddaughter and she's two years old. So um, in the next couple of years, I will return um, back to coaching and I will be coaching my um, granddaughter in basketball and, and other sports um, as, as well, because I, I miss it a lot. But I enjoy speaking to young men and women in the inner city because they need hope. They need some positive words of encouragement. And I, and I let them know that um, I've been through some tough, tough times in my life. And I always share the story that I remember that we didn't, we didn't have any bowls in the house for cereal. And my mom had grabbed a pot, put some milk in there, put some cereal in there. And my three sisters and myself at that time, we, we ate cereal out of that out of that pot. And um, I remember we making a pact that when we get older, that we were going to have successful careers and we were going to have the best of the best. <laughs> so, you know, no more eating out of the, the, the pot, you know, having cereal. So now if I want cereal, I can, you know, go and get it and, and enjoy it, you know, but um, I always share that story with young people because I want them to know that, you know, Never let your circumstances, you know, dictate your future. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, people will say, man, I, I had to do that, too. But I have to say, because I don't know if I have. I know I don't have 21 bowls. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I could only imagine trying to trying to buy them. Um, and you know how kids do. They'd have to all be plastic uh, because, you know, kids are going to break something and it's like you ain't eating. So, no, that's that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. And I can't wait to see your book turned into a movie man in jesus christ's name let that happen because you know that will inspire others to come and write their story which i think everybody should at least have one book out are you in plans to write another one yes i i'm i'm in plan right now to uh write another one um i i completed another uh manuscript and um i wanted to come out uh, on valentine's day but I'm going to have to wait until 2022 for that book to come out on Valentine's Day. It's a relationship book. So that's going to be exciting. I, I love the title. I love the work that I have put in. And I appreciate um, the people that um, um, helped me on this um, project. So this book is going to be a dandy. It's going to take people by surprise. I can tell you that. Now, I believe you have four kids. And are, are you still married no i i am i am single i am single and uh and single and focused i can say that <laughs> <laughs> oh okay no that, that that's a good thing for for the focus so <laughs> so it, it'll be a relationship book for the singles then no it's going to be um, um it's going to be a relationship book not only for the single but also for um, married men and, and women. <laughs> okay, that, that's, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be, yeah, this will be interesting. So we'll have to, you know, talk about that when, when that comes out and, you know, what the reaction was because there's a lot of influencers, you know, who are single, who are going viral every night, you know, thousands of people watching 
a particular influencer I'm thinking about. He almost broke the Internet a few weeks ago. And people are like, how can you talk about this? But, you know, everybody has a story and it may relate with someone. So that's how someone can talk about it. And you don't have to have a Ph.D. in love, (laughs) if that's even (laughs) something to write. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Yeah, so sing, single and focus, you guys. I'm not going to give you a game overload. I want you to go check out the links in the description and check out Paul's stuff. Paul, do you also uh, have a YouTube? I have a YouTube. I have Instagram. I also have um, TikTok. You can go to um, Paul Lamar Hunter. I'm on TikTok as well. And you can look at my crazy videos. <laughs> all right. All right, you guys. So he's on all the social media except OnlyFans, right? So he, he's just not on that. Um, he, he's keeping it conservative and, and focused. So you guys make sure you like, share, subscribe. You have been blessed with the game. Paul, I thank you for coming on, brother. Hey, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and lots, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.